Welcome to the Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast with me, Dave Roberts. This week, my special guest is Usman Hamid, who is the VP of Engineering and Enterprise Architecture at GSK. Usman has also held other senior technology roles at Barclays, the BBC, Redfern, and QVC. Usman is a senior technology executive with hands-on experience of leading large-scale and complex technology transformations. He is passionate about end-user experiences and using technology as an enabler. He is also a strong advocate for diversity and inclusion. Usman has a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Science from the Manchester Metropolitan University and an MBA from the Alliance Manchester Business School. Usman has an excellent track record of building high-performing, diverse and forward-thinking teams that are focused on execution. What a pleasure it is to have you with us here today, Usman. Thank you for having me on, David. Great. So how did you start your career in IT and was it the path that you always wanted to follow? Interesting. So when I was younger, I had dreams of being a rock star, actually. And uh, I did that. <laughs> Didn't we all? I, I, I actually did that for a while. So, you know, my, my first passion was always music, actually. And from a very young age, I was kind of in bands, playing gigs everywhere. And we managed to get to a point when I was like 17 or so, where we were able to land a record deal, actually, with the band that I was in. So I spent my early like, formative years you know kind of fully focused on music actually so touring up and down the country sleeping in the back of transit vans tour, tour buses people's floors for example bathrooms baths you name it so yeah so you know tech was something that I enjoyed as a bit of a hobby and passion but never really saw it as a, as a, as a career back then because I thought I'd be doing music uh, full-time basically you have to tell the audience what was the band that you were in then uh, the band was called Hollywood Ending it's not if you were to search it now on Google, there's probably an American band now, a Disney band called Hollywood Ending that has taken the name. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, people are interested. It's on Spotify and, you know, Apple Music, YouTube, etc. So it's something that you can't really hide away from if you were to Google me. So I always I always kind of see it as a, as a good thing, really, because uh, people have different journeys into technology, right? And mine has been a non-standard journey, I would say. It's always good to, to kind of break stereotypes as well, really, for somebody from an Asian background into into rock and metal music playing playing live shows and gigs isn't, isn't the isn't the norm for someone from my background so yeah it's always an interesting talking point really when when, when people ask me how I got into tech yeah so very fortunate to do that for about three or four years while studying at, at university as well when I was doing computer science mm-hmm. you know did that quite successfully we released an album we did you know all the, all the typical top of the pops music video type of stuff and then towards I think I was about 21 finishing the end of my degree the actual label that we were signed to got bought out by a bigger label uh, which was Warner uh, and as part of the rationalization process we were one of the artists that didn't make the cut that kind of left me in, in a position where you know music I think at the time we were on the cusp of the digital music revolution so I'm talking about 2001 2002 when things like Napster were coming on and you know people were moving to digital buying and CD sales were really going down. So it was very difficult to see a career as a musician from a financial perspective. So I was fortunate enough to land a, a role for the record company anyway in a different capacity doing uh, website development. So that was my first kind of entry into technology, really, where I began creating and maintaining websites for artists at the time when Flash was really big. I was creating all the digital e-cards for, for artists with embedded web players and uh, maintaining 
artist websites through the uh, content management systems, basically. And that's kind of where I first got into a real technology role, actually, at that point, uh, which was interesting. Still working within music, but also uh, doing something that I enjoyed, which was website development. Uh, so that was my first kind of foray into technology after being kind of a, a semi-successful musician, I will say. And I think from then on, my career has taken a, an upwards trajectory in terms of moving into different organisations, taking roles of increasing responsibility and moving from a, an engineer into more senior, senior management, which has been a, a fantastic learning experience for me for the past 20 years. So as you say, you know, your career ascent has, has continued and you've worked across multiple different companies in a variety of different sectors as well. So was, was that a conscious move to change sectors? And you know, what did you learn from those experiences? Good question. So I think when you're young and you're kind of, you know, when I, for example, in my situation, when I, when I joined the, the, the first tech role that I had as a, as a software website developer, I didn't really have any you know, massive career aspirations about where I wanted to go with tech. My main aim was just to enjoy something that I was doing and to be a value in in the role that I was doing. I think my personal nature in terms of the way, you know, I am, I don't, I don't like to stay still for too long in terms of from a, a learning perspective. And, you know, very quickly, if things start to become a bit easy, I start to get itchy feet is probably the best word, way, way to, 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 to describe it. And I'm kind of attracted to two to really complex challenges. So the first move for me away from my initial role was to move back home, actually. So I was actually working in Swansea at the time for the record label, and I got a bit homesick after a few years. So I kind of moved into an opportunity for a local authority, actually. And there was no real like future kind of like aspiration as in a career path that I wanted to follow to take that role. It was just a case of it seems like a very stable role working for local government and it will allow me to move back home and be, and be closer to family actually I spent a huge amount of my time in that role almost uh, seven years actually and I think that's where I really started to learn my trade in technology and actually becoming a leader so you know starting off as a web developer moving into more project management doing lots of transformation from a technology perspective around creating digital e-channels for local government when I think the e-gov agenda was a really big thing in like 2005, 2006, creating transactional capabilities, doing infrastructure migrations, data center modernizations. That's where I really started to think about my career actually and think about how far I could potentially extend myself and, 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 and you know, see how far I could go. I think within local government, you get to a certain point where you kind of hit the ceiling of your kind of career path, actually. And uh, I kind of reached that point about seven years in where unless I wanted to do more of a customer service focused role because IT gets slumbered with different other functions, either finance or something else, there wasn't really a more senior role or a senior path that I could follow from a tech perspective to, to kind of stay with an organization. And that's where I started to look elsewhere. And, you know, fortunate enough that my name had somehow managed to get around uh, my, my local network and the industry uh, as somebody who had uh, been successful uh, within that role. And actually, from then on, I, I moved roles to a different organization. And it wasn't a case of it's a, it's a different domain. It was, more about, it was more about the challenge because ultimately, the majority of the technology problems are fairly universal. 
Um, they don't really vary from industry to industry. You're always looking at some kind of modernization, simplification, tech debt remediation, building capability. It was more around the scale of the uh, the actual problem and, and, and the challenge and the, and the value that I could bring. It just so happens to be that every time I've moved, I've moved to a different domain, but I kind of anchored on those core principles that technology is fairly universal. And it's also been interesting for me to to, to see how these different domains works and there is if there is any slight nuances from a from a tech perspective and it, it keeps me fresh as well from a, a learning perspective and, and keeps me kind of interested and actually motivated as well so it's not ever been like a conscious choice it just happened to be the the opportunities that have opened up for me have been in different sectors and and the opportunities have been exciting and the challenges are complex enough for me to be interested and, and realize that can have real real value. So I've always taken those and, and, and kind of grasped those opportunities because they serve as a great kind of advancement for personal growth as well. So yeah, that's that's just been my mindset is the more difficult the challenge, the more I attracted I was to it. And uh, I see it as a growth opportunity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the, the great things about working in technology is how highly transferable it actually is. So it's uh, it, it's it's great that you've had experience across all those different sectors. But you know, you spent nearly five years with the BBC enjoying a very successful career, you know, deploying solutions to over twenty five thousand employees across those both national and international sites. I think you you, you then went and uh, joined Barclays as the CTO for infrastructure and strategy, and then yeah, more recently you've started with GSK. So what is what's it been like joining an organisation in in the middle of a a global pandemic? Interesting. I don't think summarises uh, everything. I think for the most part, I've been surprised at how well the organisations have adapted to onboarding people remotely which kind of surprised me because you know I'm a, I'm a I'm an individual that really thrives off personal interactions actually and uh, you know I was kind of a bit concerned about not having those corridor conversations with people and you know especially when you're new that kind of face-to-face contact is is hugely important as you kind of create your brand within the organization and you know create that trusted network of of like stakeholders and just to you know help people in general really so i'd say that had its own challenges remotely because it's it's difficult to have those regular coffee conversations with the people especially when you're new and everything's quite regimented and you know you your diary is a combination of 30 minute intros with people from all around the organization really but i think Thankfully, I've, I've been able to build those relationships quite effectively and started to like to deliver value quite quite early on. Especially when I went into Barclays and now and now at GSK, you know, I've just been fortunate enough that my natural style has has like lended itself to creating those relationships quite early on and actually just helping people in 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 some of their big big problems. So. I think the learning curve for me through throughout all of this was more of the of the fact that it is within our gift to be able to do this remotely and and now we're getting into the blend of well how do we how do we kind of fit into the new kind of modern way of working where you know we're kind of part in the office part not in the office but yeah it was a great learning experience and you know I think I think more so than anything it it just proved to me that you know as long as you have the right capability and a mindset and the willingness to to kind of do well and build those relationships whether it's remote or not or you know whether it's a pandemic of, of this nature you 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 can be effective 
quite early on, as long as you have the right mindset. Absolutely agree. So you, you mentioned about your your move to Barclays. How did you find that transition to being a CTO compared to some of the other senior roles that you've held? It was an interesting transition. So in my role previous to that at the BBC, I was very heavily operationally focused, very embedded within execution from a delivery perspective and that was the beating drum of that organization, really. So I was very used to working in a certain way with like lots of suppliers, with like product squads uh, within within the BBC to kind of continuously like execute uh, on the actual product roadmap. So moving from a very operational role, being hands-on, I guess having lots of budgetary responsibility as well, moving into more of an influencing role, uh, kind of Barclays, looking after strategy and architecture, for, for the bank, it, it was a it was a bit of a shift for me personally, because you move away from being in a day to day mindset of fixing operational issues, trying to unblock um, issues with the delivery, for example, to be more of an of, of an influencer and more of a listener. So I really had to adapt my style actually quite early on within Barclays to kind of move away from that operational mindset to kind of active listening uh, and, and thinking about technology from an enablement perspective because a lot of the time you're acting as a consultant within that role to understand what the problems are how the particular product area sees their area evolving and actually what technology capabilities they need to be successful so it was an interesting transition because i learned quite a lot moving from being operationally focused into that role and as a result of that you have to then adapt to your style as well in terms of the way you not just interact with people, but also the way that you listen, also the way that you make recommendations, what your, your, your kind of consulting network within the organization looks like, how you gain feedback, how you kind of validate assumptions. It was, a, it was a different experience for me, especially in a global bank where you have to deal with a lot of international colleagues uh, in, the, in, the, in the US and, and in, the, in India as well. So it, was, it wasn't a an easy transition for for me to make actually because I've been so used to that operational world for kind of five years working with suppliers that when you kind of leave that and get into this kind of advisory role it is a bit of a mindset shift actually for you to make and uh, it took me some time to get that right I'd say about six six months to kind of get that right before I really felt comfortable in the in the actual that I was doing. What is your current focus and, and priorities at GSK then? So it's a, it's a really interesting time at, at GSK as we're looking to create a brand new world-class consumer healthcare business, uh, which, I'm, which I've joined. So it really is a unique opportunity for me and part of the attraction to uh, start from a position of zero in, in some aspects and building up the technology capability from scratch. So a lot of the focus right now is not just focused on I guess how we separate the two companies and there's a program of work that's kind of looking at that but then also how do we bring in the right talent for GSK consumer healthcare going forward and how do we create diverse teams or how do we build our processes and our technology kind of stacks in line with what consumer healthcare wants to be as well so it really is a a unique opportunity kind of semi-greenfield actually where you're you can take all your learnings from previous organizations uh, what's worked well what hasn't what you wish you could have changed uh, and start from a blank slate actually uh, and try and influence things 
in the right way so you set yourself up for success in from day one actually so that's the bulk of the activity right now as you kind of go through it so you know most of my time is spent on that on building that capability within the organization right now hiring people finding talent for example and, and making sure that we can set up the the tech function to be world-class day one you mentioned uh, having a diverse team, and I know you're particularly passionate about creating diversity and inclusion within your technology team. So how are you going about building that inclusiveness and, uh, and that equitable culture within the, uh, the organization? It's, uh, it's not easy, I would say. I think finding talent sometimes in a highly competitive market is, is, is difficult. Uh, and I, th- I think especially right now with the... The return to office post post COVID and you know people's new preferences in terms of how they want to operate, how they want to work, that that presents its own challenge in in finding that kind of diverse network of of of, of people that want to want to even apply. So there's some challenges there, but you know for me, I, I always I always look at ensuring that I have a good spread of 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 like diverse individuals who can from different industries, different walks of life. Who can bring different different perspectives into into the team? Because I think I think those different different perspectives all together sum up to be something that's of real value going forward. It would be very boring if we all had people who kind of thought like right from same backgrounds, uh, because then we would get very kind of uniform approaches to how we how we kind of solve problems. So I've always tried to bring in these different different perspectives from quite an early part of my career because. I've seen firsthand the value that diverse teams bring. So it's, it's it's the same here at GSK actually, as we're interviewing people, where we're looking more so for, I guess, the personal experience, um, not just the technical ability and capability. I've worked with lots of people in my career who are very good on paper. They have a lots of you know they have a lot of accreditations, degrees, courses, but struggle to put that into into practice at some time. So I'd rather have the attitude and that kind of personal element uh, for me that, that, that kind of weighs a bit more heavily for me than the the technical aspects sometimes uh, but it's not easy and I think you know as most organizations we we are striving to get better uh, in identifying diverse talent across across the organization so you know there's lots of schemes in place through early learning programs graduate schemes where where we're trying to build that pipeline in uh, to take somebody from that early career into into a future leader as well but you know it's it's just it's just a refinement process Dave if I'm being honest it's uh there's no formula for it it's and it's and it's really trial and error you you find some gems uh, as you go through the process but then you're you're kind of in competition for that gem with about five or six companies because they also see the same things that that kind of you do so it's not easy but it's it's always in the back of your mind to to be able to to kind of build that team day one. That's a great approach that you're taking there. So what have been your career highlights today? And what do you think has been your proudest moment so far? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I think I think what I've really enjoyed in all of my roles is developing people, actually. And I think what really gives me satisfaction more so than delivering a project or it might be commercial savings. I think these are all things that are, expected of you as part and parcel of your role but identifying talent where you can develop that talent 
and then see that individual go on to bigger and better things either within your organization or outside your organization the senior role is it's a really it's a really important thing for me and that brings me a lot of happiness actually and uh, there's been a few examples of that for people that I've that I've worked with in the past who I've mentored and developed and coached who have now gone on to fantastic senior roles in you know large multinational organizations and that brings me a a sense of fulfillment actually and joy that you know I've been able to help them in some way be able to gain more confidence in their abilities and actually giving them the runway to be to be successful uh, which has resulted in them landing these super roles so I think that for me is probably the biggest achievement that I would say rather than anything spe- like specifically work related and what's the best bit of advice that you've actually received during your career and you know what advice would you give to others who are perhaps just starting out on this journey now so, so there's two things that I would say that have kind of guided me um, throughout my career one is the concept of self-awareness and what I mean by that is I think when you're young and coming into a technology role, and this is just a, a consequence of, I guess, being in that age. We, we all we all think we know more than we do, right? And uh, I'm I've been guilty of that. It's like when you're getting challenged by by, by your parents who are trying to give you a bit of wisdom, and you think you know it all. So it, it's the similar kind of thing, I guess. When you're starting out, is you know, I, I would say just be self-aware in terms of taking feedback effectively uh, and using that in a constructive way to. Uh, work on your weaknesses actually so that's uh, I think it's an important piece of advice that I got quite early on because it, it kind of it kind of makes you reflect quite quite deeply in terms of where you are from a, a maturity perspective so you know getting some form of 360 feedback or even just somebody who's going to mentor you to kind of point you point, point out to you areas that you may be excelling in or areas that you might need to, to, to kind of work on is, is is hugely important for anyone with aspirations of like moving up the career ladder, for example. So I think self-awareness is is key for me. And I would, you know, encourage anyone out there who's starting out to find someone who they can not only see them uh, helping them in that space, but also act as like a bit of a, a mentor as well going forward. And that's something that I did. So I passed that on. And then the last piece of advice I got was somebody who I actually know quite well because I grew up together, but as I was moving into more senior roles, I asked him for, you know, what's the biggest advice you could give me in this particular role? And he just said this 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 line, which kind of stuck with me, which was to slow down your walk. And uh, I didn't really get it at first, but what what he meant was is as you as you get more senior, don't forget to make sure that you look around at people who are wanting to speak to you or looking for advice from you. So be a, be approachable. So if you're moving from meeting to meeting, don't rush, slow down your walk, observe uh, around you what's kind of going on and always remain approachable for a conversation, even if that means being late for a meeting sometimes. So I kind of use that principle quite a lot really to, to make sure that uh, I'm always approachable and available. Uh, I, kind of, I kind of make it known that if anyone wants to speak to me as well, that I'm always there for a chat or a conversation because we, we need to focus on the human elements of our of our kind of uh, side of our role too as well, not just on the day-to-day task-orientated stuff. So yeah, those are the two things that I would say for anyone listening that certainly has worked for me as, uh, as some of the things that helped shape me to where I've got to today. Well, I think that's absolutely great advice. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Osman. 
I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you again for sharing those career insights and your experiences with our audience. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, thank you, David. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, and, I, and I hope uh, anyone listening found that, found that useful uh, to hear a little story from a boy from Rochdale. So <laughs> thank you very much. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for more inspiring tech leaders.